Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise God. I'm going to start reading. I'm going to put these uh, scriptures up on the screen. I have uh, several of them, but I do want you to follow along. And uh, if, if you're following along at home, uh, I am using the English Standard Version today. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, this is the writings of the Apostle Paul. He said, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I want to be the best servant of Christ there is. I am talking like a madman. Now listen carefully to what he now goes on to say to prove that he is a servant of Christ. You ready for this? With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, countless beatings, oftentimes near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. And in case you don't know why it was 40 lashes less one, is because the law said once you received 40 lashes, you could not be beaten again. So they would stop at 39 so they could do it again. So he went on five times, stopping at 39 every time so that they didn't, the law didn't take effect. Uh, let's see, where was I? Uh, 40 lashes, less one. Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods, not once, not twice, but three times. Once I was stoned. And incidentally, he only stoned once. You know why? Because he was dead. That's right. The Bible doesn't ex explicitly tell us he was dead, but usually when they stone people, they die. And they usually don't stop stoning them until they are dead. But the Bible says that the disciples came around Paul after he was stoned and prayed for him. And many scholars believe that God raised him from the dead at that time. Uh, let's see. So he was stoned. He was three times shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, I was in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Anybody ready to give up living for God yet? Because I can tell you right now, a lot of people would have before that they got this far. Verse 28, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my, and my anxiety for all of the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to fall and I'm not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weaknesses. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying because I'm not done yet. At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. How many of us would be asking, why, God? Why? How long must I suffer? Can you say amen? From those verses of Scripture... I want to talk to you about this that I have simply entitled, 
What have you done for me lately? I will, Alex. You going to cheer me on? Because we're going to do some preaching today. What have you done for me lately? Because that is the mindset of modern day Christianity. What have you done for me lately? Why isn't this problem fixed and that problem fixed? And why haven't you taken care of this and taken care of that? Believe this or not, we live at an extremely blessed time in history. This is a very blessed moment that we live in. Even with all of the turmoil going on in our world and even in our own country, the person living on welfare today in America lives with more luxury than many wealthy people lived even three to five hundred years ago on welfare. More luxurious lives than the wealthy lived in three to five hundred years ago. Three, not even three hundred, I'll just go with three hundred for the sake of making sure I get all the bases covered. There was no electricity. There was no refrigeration. There was no running water. There was no heat, unless you built a fire, of course. There was no air conditioning, unless you sat out under a shade tree. And for some of you, I can see a few folks in this auditorium that can imagine what I'm about to say, but I see some young ones over here that will be shocked when I say this. They had no cell phones. Could you... These young people are like, life without a cell phone? What? That's what? I remember not having a cell phone. Can you imagine that? I remember. I remember a day my wife was out. She was supposed to go to the store. She was supposed to be back in a half hour. Three hours later, she was not home. There was no cell phone to call her up and say, where are you? There was no text message saying, I'm going to be late. None of that. I sat home worrying. With, with a, with, I think I had one of my kids with me. She had the other one. I'm like, what am I going to do with this kid by myself? She's probably dead somewhere. I didn't know. She was gone for half hours, now going on three hours or more and hadn't heard a thing. You think she'd at least go off to a phone booth and called me up. That's right, we had phone booths back then. You went into a little cubicle and shut the door behind you. If you didn't have change on you, you were out of luck. You weren't calling anybody. She didn't even call me up. She finally got home about three hours later, and she, she came through the door, and she said, I'm so sorry this happened and that happened. She said, are you worried? I said, I was worried. Now that I see you're safe, now I'm angry. <laughs> My fear turned to rage just like that, simply because we didn't have cell phones. They tell me that many people took two baths in their lifetime. That's right. 500 years ago, they took a bath when they were born, and they took one when they died. That's right. That's what they say. The history books say that in many places. And I'm telling you all, in fact, it was until the eight, middle of the 1800s before doctors started washing their hands before they did surgery. Uh-huh. You're probably more sick coming out of surgery than when you went in. <laughs> and why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you all of this because we are living in an unprecedented time in history right now. 
We went from the horse and buggy to men walking on the moon in a 100-year period of time when the 5,000 years prior to that, nothing changed. We are living in the last days. The, the, the prophets wrote about this day when they talked about the loud noise. They, didn't even have, they, didn't, they couldn't even call them chariots or, or trucks or what. They didn't even know those words. They called them the, the, the sound of chariots racing through the streets when they, when they had visions of cars driving down the highways. They didn't know how to, how to describe it. We went from the buggy to men walking on the moon in 100 years and to 5,000 years prior to that. Very little changed. And today, most people, especially here in America, most people don't really know what being destitute is. Really don't. I'm not talking about all people. I didn't say all people. I said, but most people really don't know what being destitute really is. Because we live in such a great country with all the problems that are going on. Anybody want to leave and go to live somewhere else in another country? I don't. Huh? You say amen? I'm not trying to downplay your troubles. I'm not trying to downplay your hardships. But the point I want to make today is that we are living at a time when we're looking for God to fix every problem we have. We are looking for God to heal every sickness we come upon. And if he doesn't in our time frame, we are oftentimes disappointed and off we go looking for an answer someplace else. I'm telling you, outside of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. Outside of Jesus, there is no hope. Because what does it matter if the doctors can heal your body so that you get another 30 or 40 years and still end up in hell? I would rather leave today and know I'm on my way to heaven than to get 40 more years here and end up in hell. God, let me seek you and let me find you. <laughs> Praise God. How many times I've seen people come and looking for a miracle, and when it didn't happen in their time frame, they were off looking for a miracle someplace else. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is your answer. And the modern prosperity preacher hasn't helped much. Jesus didn't come to give you all your wants. He came to save your soul. You think he went to Calvary and went through all that anguish so that you could be rich and have money? And some of you will get money. God bless you. And when you get it, you better pay tithe on it. Amen. To the penny. Amen. And some offering, too. If God's going to bless you. You better bless his kingdom with it. God is presented by the prosperity preachers as a servant to our wants and our needs and our desires. And I'm going to use God to get there. There's my goal. I'm going to use you to get there. You promised you'd give me this, you'd give me that. You, I'll tell you one thing he promised me, and it's the only thing I'm hoping for. He promised me eternal life. And if that's all I get, that's enough. Praise God. Incidentally, the prosperity message, just so you know how I feel about it. If your, prosper, if your gospel doesn't work everywhere and anywhere, it shouldn't work at all, anywhere. Don't even preach it. Why do I say that? Because your prosperity message only works basically in America. You go to some of these financially impoverished countries and talk to these people about becoming wealthy, 
it's, it's never going to. So if, you're, if you can't preach a message from God everywhere, don't preach it anywhere because it ain't the right one. But this message of baptism in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives us the utterance, having our sins washed away, and no matter what happens in this life, I'm ready for that life. That message can be preached anywhere to anybody at any time. Praise God. All right, let me hurry along here because we've taken a long time today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rattle through this fast, so pay attention. I would dare say that many people would not last long serving God if they had to serve the God the Apostle Paul served. What do I mean by that? I think a lot of people would be gone after the greater labors. And if they made it through the greater labors, they probably wouldn't last through the more imprisonments. And if they survived the more imprisonments, would they survive the countless beatings? Let me, re- let me take the word they out of here and say us. If we survived the countless beatings, would we survive the often near deaths and get up and keep living for God? And if we survived the often near deaths, would we survive the uh, the, 40 la- the, th- the 39 lashes across our back. Oh, wait a second. That's right. 39 because they didn't do it just once. Would we survive the first 39? Maybe. I can do this. How about the second 39? Would you survive that one? And after the second, would you survive the third? And when the third was done, would you survive the... And I'm not saying this happened back to back to back to back. You think, oh, I made that one. A week later, here we go again we got a problem in our life, and God helps us through it. Next year, we face another difficulty, and we say, here we go again, and we're off looking for some other answer. I'm here to tell you, the Apostle Paul lasted not one, not two, not three, not four, but five 39 lashes, and got up and kept going. And if he lasted the 39 lashes so many times, would you have survived the often near-death times he went through? Mm. And if the near deaths were made it, would you have survived being beaten with rods the first time? And if you did that, would you have survived the second time? And if you did that, would you have survived the third time? Or would you go back to your old life? It's quiet in here. You folks at home, shout hallelujah so I can hear something. A lot of us have been out the back door looking for another answer after the first beating. Come to Jesus for help. And what do you do? You get 39 lashes. Come to Jesus because your life has fallen apart. And what do you get? A, A beating. The Apostle Paul kept coming back. He kept coming back. I, I got, I'm going to get through this quickly because I, I don't want to wrap this up right there, but listen to me. Three times being with him. He was stoned, and as I said, I believe to death. Three times he was shipwrecked. Three times he was shipwrecked. I think on the third time he said, I can make it. I've been here before. <laughs> you know, I recently, I recently I'm facing a situation that uh, it's a difficult time, for, in, um, something going on in my life, difficult time. And, 
you know, you, you all know already because I've preached about this, talked about this, that I've battled depression and I have gone into dark places and preached about that if you, if, if you, if you didn't know. Um, I, did get, I did have been doing some counseling and getting some wonderful advice. Uh, and one of the greatest pieces of advice I got was to challenge my thoughts, challenge those thoughts. And uh, I am facing a situation here coming up that's, that's going to be difficult for me. And, and, I, and, and my first reaction was to dread. And then I shook myself and I, you know what I did? I, I looked it in the face and I said, I've been here before. <laughs> I've been here before. And all of a sudden when I said, I've been here before, I, a smile came to my face. And I thought, I've been here before. God brought me through it. He'll bring me through it again. I've been here before. Praise God. And it lifted my spirits, and I know one day I'm going to look behind me and say, see, he brought me through that too. The first beating he brought me through, the second beating he brought me through, and guess what? Here's the third one. He brought me through that one too. And the first time I was shipwrecked, he brought me through that. And that's why I know on the second time he'll bring me through this one. And when I was lost at sea, he brought me through that. And that's why I know this time he'll bring me through this too. He will bring you through wherever you are. Praise God. And the worst that could happen is to reach Paul's end and say, oh, don't worry about me. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Oh, praise God. I'm almost done with Paul's troubles. See how long the sermon is? I haven't got through all his troubles yet. Many would have been gone after a night and a day adrift at sea. A night and a day, you know, you know what it's like being adrift at sea for a night and a day? No, you do not, because none of us have ever done it. But I can imagine out in the sea where there are sharks and whales and all kinds of creepy things, and you are there for a day and a night floating around lost. A night and a day adrift at sea. And not just the sea. I'm still quoting scripture here. Dangers from rivers. Dangers from robbers. Dangers from my own people. Huh? How many times has your own family caused you more problems than... Now be careful now, Alex. <laughs> some, things you, some things you just think and not speak. <laughs> This is what he said, from robbers, from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city. So I went to the wilderness, and I found danger in the wilderness. And so I left the wilderness and went to the sea, and I found danger at the sea, and danger from false breath. This guy just kept going. He could not be stopped. And I want to be somebody that cannot be stopped. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how bad it is. You will find me in the house of God praising the one who died for my sins and has promised me eternal life. Praise God. Now, I thought Jesus was supposed to fix all of that. What's taking him so long? Is he taking too long for you to fix your issues? I gave him my heart and my problems are still here. When's it supposed to all go away? When we get to heaven, 
Because I, I am not preaching against the miraculous. I believe God can miraculously heal people. I believe he does. I believe he will. I believe he works all kinds of miracles. But when he fixes that miracle, don't think the rest of your life is smooth sailing. This is a gloomy message. He's blessed me in the past, but we end up with the attitude, what's he done for me lately? Praise God. What's he done for me lately? Let me wrap this up. What I'm trying to say is this. We don't serve a God for what he does for us here. We serve a God for what he's done for us over there. Because when I step foot into eternity, Amen. do you understand eternity? It never ends. And every problem you face right now, what gives you the ability to put one foot in front of the other is that you're believing this will end. Eternity does not end. And whether he gives me blessings in this life or not, he has given me an eternity, eternity of peace and hope so that when I step into it, I can say, thank God this will never end. Amen. Praise God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we preach baptism, you know. That's why we baptize these people in Jesus' name. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But verse 24 tells us that we, just as we are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Jesus Christ, if the redemption of your soul is not enough to serve him, nothing's ever going to be. And that's how I'm going to wrap this up right now. Jameson, come. If the redemption of your soul is not enough for you to serve God, nothing's ever going to be. Nothing's ever going to be. Paul finished in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, when he said this. If in Christ, I'll wait a moment till our musicians get up here, because I want you to hear this verse. I fear that too many people live with this mentality. He said, read it for yourself, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. If in Christ... We have hope in this life only. If your hope in Jesus is just for this life, he said, we are of all people most miserable. Most miserable. Why? Because he doesn't answer your needs? He doesn't take care of your problem? No, he takes care of many of them. Maybe not all of them. Maybe he leaves some with me just to remember, just to remind me to pray. <laughs> Boy, I could preach on this for a while, huh? How many of us really get down and really seek God when everything's going good? <laughs> a lot of few problems come our way, and we are back to church and seeking God. Thank God for a few problems every now and then. I pity the person who walks away from Jesus because their life is hard. I pity the person who walks away from Jesus because it got too tough. And he didn't deliver me from my affliction when I wanted him to and needed him to. But he's given you an eternity that's in heaven. That's got to be enough. The old songwriter wrote and said, 
in my Christ abiding, I shall not be moved. In his love I'm hiding, I shall not be moved. If I ever trust him, I shall not be moved. He will fail me never. I shall not be moved if I trust him ever. I shall not be moved. On his word I'm feeding. I shall not be moved. He's the one that's leading. I shall not be moved. Though all hell assail me, I shall not be moved. Jesus will never fail me. I shall not be moved. Though the tempest rages, I shall not be moved because I'm on the rock of ages. I shall not be moved. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, And if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.